And, uh, and let me share my screen real quick. I, I sent out an, an email recently with some, uh, some information related to um, some announcements. Uh, uh, Tim, do you see that Spark logo on my screen? Is that what you see? Yeah. Okay. All right, just real quick, guys. I want to hit some highlights. We haven't done this in a while. Uh, Spark registration is open. I'm going to drop the link to exactly what I'm looking at here in the chat box uh, here in a minute. By the way, this is uh, session uh, 13 on Thursday, August the 13th. So uh, glad you're here. Registration for Spark is open. It's going to happen uh, next uh, live uh, next Friday, August the 28th. And, uh, and so you'll want to avail yourself of that. Registration is free. It's for any kind of church leader. Most of you guys have seen the ads and heard about that already. Citizen Impact Conference is happening August the 20th. Uh, the importance of uh, how do you defend your religious liberties. Uh, Mike Griffin is handling that. So uh, you'll see that as well. And all these links are live and I'm going to give you these links. Uh, if you're booking fall retreats, Camp Kaleo is available. If you want to book some fall retreats, uh, especially for men's and boys groups, they're ideal for that. They have like the largest tree climbing course in the country. Uh, uh, missions offering material needs to be ordered by August 5th. That's probably passed. Okay. Next generation round tables. That's a typo. Forget that. Next generation round tables, 2020. Just click the link. If you're interested in next generation round tables, Christmas backpacks goals been announced as well. We are doing Christmas backpacks this year. And for those that don't know the, the annual meeting this year is going to be a one day event. It's a, it's a one day event. And the, the, the information about how that's going to unfold is going to be happening as well. And so you'll be getting more information on that, but I'm going to drop the link in the chat box to what I just showed you so that you can just kind of peruse that, uh, at your leisure. Um, our panelists, uh, uh, list, uh, our panelist group is down a little bit today, but we're glad to have Steven Durbin back who is a uh, fide, got his papers. Now he's had COVID and, uh, and so, uh, he ain't going to get sick and ain't going to get nobody sick probably from now on. Hopefully, I hope that's how it runs. Good to have Jeremy sitting in his office inside of his often mocked large building. And uh, good to have you with <laughs> us, Jeremy, as well. Uh, Tanea Matters has uh, popped in. And, of course, Tim Dowdy, always, man. Good to see you. And uh, we appreciate your leadership, especially in the area of pastor wellness. Um, and, and, listen, I've heard a little bit of news in the rumor mill about Eagles landing. So maybe you could update us kind of what's going on there too, as well, Tim, yeah. but uh, the floor is yours, sir. <clears throat> well, I appreciate it. And, and there is a lot going on everywhere, obviously, and, and things continue to change. I want to do a couple things today. One, uh, just talk about some experiences traveling through things. Our actually campus pastor down at uh, our Griffin campus um, found out um, on Tuesday um, that he has COVID. And so we're making adjustments there. He had just been in a meeting with all the executive staff and the senior pastor at Eagles Landing. So all of them are in quarantine now. And uh, so yep. it, it just shook the world up a little bit at the church. Um, but, you know, working through it. Um, I wasn't in that meeting. So I'm thankful for that, grateful for that. But um, I, what I want to do first off is talk a little bit about uh, let, let Stephen talk a little bit about his experience with COVID, kind of how he, when he found out, kind of how he approached his church, how his church handled the adjustment, how now they've come through that. Because 
I think all of us kind of realize with all that's going on, we're probably going to get touched by it in one way or another. And we just have to find the most reasonable and helpful way to walk through that season to be productive uh, for the kingdom. So Stephen, why don't you just share that experience with us? And glad you're back. And glad yeah. you're doing well. It's good to be back. I was telling Scott before everybody jumped on, you, you'll be able to see maybe some uh, frozen appliques and some little toys and things like that. I'm still in my daughter's room. I'm on day 13. Um, and so <clears throat> uh, two weeks ago, um, this Friday, I'd gone and worked out and um, got ready, went to the office for premarital counseling with a couple. And about halfway through the counseling, I just started feeling a little icky. And I honestly thought because I have been in such bad shape that I just overexerted myself and probably was a little caloric deficient and needed to eat something. And so on the way home, um, very achy, got unbelievably um, fatigued and, um, and cold. And so got, <clears throat> got home and started kind of just going through the day and I realized this is not good. And so I immediately quarantined myself. We figured out a plan. And so I uh, called the doctor, went and got a rapid test. So, I, you know, obviously then I have to go through and let everybody know that I've met with in the last five to eight days, uh, which is always enjoyable. Started with that couple, worked back through the gym, the people that were in my class, our staff, and uh, just let them know what that they probably should be quarantining. So <clears throat> for me, though, my experience, it was very flu-like, um, except for I, I didn't have the coughing, a lot of the coughing that people describe, uh, but it did feel like my actual throat was constricted a lot of the time. And I would get a little uh, winded just walking outside. And I don't mean walking outside for exercise, just like trying to go outside because when you're confined to a room for 13 days, walking to the mailbox kind of feels like a, uh, a field trip. It's just the most exciting thing. And so um, anyway, um, my family all went and got tested and all of those came back negative. And then, uh, then our two sons got it. And um, so right now we're in the process of, of just kind of getting over our two sons, our teenage boys have bounced back immediately. I mean, they probably had two or three days and they were just, it, it barely touched them. It did at the very beginning, they were tired and, and fevery and all that, but then it was not a sl kind of a slow uh, approach. Every day I felt like I got stronger, but we had our whole staff tested. Um, everybody came back negative with the exception of one. He quarantined. Um, and so it's just, it's just kind of a wild time, you know, as far as how it affected my ministry, um, you know, we had canceled the week before and just went online only. Uh, and so, then, so when you, let me clarify. So when you found out, I know you made a video announcement, right? To the congregation, right. And y'all went online only. Is that, is that accurate? That's accurate. Just because we, I'd met with our whole staff and multiple facets of our staff throughout the entire week. And so everybody on our team, uh, from front desk to my XP was exposed to me. And so we just felt like it was probably the wisest decision to not do that. And then I had someone come in last Sunday, a buddy of mine and actually preach for me. Okay. So how did the congregation adjust to that announcement and then the, the break? And, uh, and now since y'all are, you're, you're back, right? You're back meeting on campus. Right. This past week, we were back meeting on campus. All of our staff that was there had tested negative and it showed no symptoms. 
uh, our numbers were way down. So while we've all been in that 50 to 52% mm -hmm. uh, average, we were probably in the 23% range this past Sunday with, even with me not being up there. I, I think it's just like anything, whenever someone close to you gets affected or touched by something, all of a sudden it, it has, it's real. And mm -hmm. so there's mm -hmm. probably some hesitancy with that and understandably so. Okay. So now, now how do you feel like just in communication with church members, what you're hearing in your congregation, what your staff's hearing, how's everybody doing? How's the church doing and feeling about it and feeling about moving forward? Yeah. You know, I've, I've missed two funerals this week of, of church members that passed from COVID just because it was, it was not going to be wise for me to go forward because we still have someone in our family right now that's, that's battling COVID. Uh, I'm going to be preaching Sunday at our church, but I'm not going to even be in the building. Uh, we're hard running a cable out, outside. Uh, and so that way I won't come in and I won't interact with anyone, but it won't be, it'll still be live. And so I guess it's the, the best of a bad situation is I'll be live, but I'll be right outside kind of in our, our garden type area where I'll be able to preach live, kind of live streamed or whatever, if you will. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now presently feeling like you're day 13. So feeling, I feel great. Yeah, I, I really do. I, I feel really good. I have no aches. You know, I was telling Scott earlier, the thing that was really strange for me is that I was, unbelievably fatigued and exhausted, but that doesn't, that didn't turn into sleep for me. My sleep was un, un just interrupted, which I, I rarely ever wake up throughout the night. I couldn't get 40, a 40 minute stretch of sleep. And even when and then I'd wake up at three 30 or four, the first four days were the toughest days for me. And then incrementally I could feel my mental focus sharpen. I could feel uh, a lot more energy each day and, and a lot less achiness. So, Tanea, when you hear that, so does that sound pretty typical or from a medical perspective? It does. He kind of just framed out exactly what the majority of people that have a full onset, I consider that a full onset of symptoms, um, usually starts with just, oh, I'm tired, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a little run down, but it's easy to dismiss from just like Steven said, maybe I hadn't been at the gym as much or easy to dismiss. Usually going into day two when that fever hits is when you're like, eh, uh, may, maybe we're in the middle of a pandemic. I'm, I'm starting to, and as an adult, people think 100.4, that's low. I might not even know. As an adult, 100.4, you know. You'll start having the aching in your joints from um, the actual febrile response. And you can tell. You actually have hot skin to touch at 100.4. Point four. So yes, extremely, um, we're hearing days one through four to five tend to be the worst and most people start rounding out around there if you have full-on symptoms. If you don't have full-on symptoms, some people think they're just dealing with a little hay fever, maybe one or two days, and then they're good, especially teens. Um, that's, you know, fever one, two days, maybe three, and then they're rounding out. But for a full onset, Stephen's symptoms are pretty typical, and we're grateful to see that you're doing well, Stephen. So grateful. Well, let's let's talk a minute about um, something Stephen mentioned. Yeah, we are grateful, and I'm thankful for um, everybody that's been praying for Stephen, his family, all this during the process. It's encour it's encouraging just to read. You know, people say, "Hey, we've been praying for Stephen, praying for his family." That's good to hear. We need to rally around each other in these times, particularly to be. Uh, ambassadors to pray for one another and encourage one another. But 
So he mentioned, and the guy on our staff, who's our campus pastor, who has it, both went to a rapid um, testing site. So some people may have not heard of that because some one one person we had that tested got tested and it took a week before their test could come back. Um, and then you know in these rapid centers you can get it back in like 15 minutes. Um, so how how do you know how numerous those are or how you find those, Tanea? I'm not so putting it on the spot, but sure. No, that's fine. You um you can go onto the CDC website and there's some external links through the health departments that will show you where there are um, testing centers. Not all of them are are delineated as rapid screening, and so my encouragement to everyone is. There are different tests. There's four now. Um, well, there's really like 40, but there's four emergency use authorizations that the FDA sent out, uh, two of which are the nasal swabs. One takes days to get back. One is rapid. Um, those are not widespread through the state of Georgia. So you guys were just really blessed to have access to that. Um, mm -hmm. I know up in Northwest, there's still a week to two weeks out. And then there's the um, actual blood test. So the one that would take a venous draw, um, both that they don't have a rapid for a venous draw yet. So if somebody's doing a blood test on you and comes back with a quick result, that should raise a red flag because it doesn't exist. There is a quick test for antibody, but antibody is not a confirmative yes, no. In theory, you could say, well, if I have antibody, then I've had the, the virus. In theory, you're correct, but scientifically, almost any immune response from a virus could produce that antibody. Hmm. So antibody testing can be helpful down the road <clears throat> more for research purposes. Nasal swab is what you need, and it's the only means of a rapid test is through nasal. Yeah. So go on the CDC, and they can look through it. Yeah, Tim, our experience is that, you know, it's like anything, sometimes it helps knowing someone in the medical field, which, which we did. Uh, but then a lot of places are not testing kids who are asymptomatic. We called facilities five counties around. We have five kids, so there's seven people in my house. And so it really is like a, a third world uh, clinic in my home right now. Mm -hmm. we're, we're quarantined in all these different places of our home. Mm -hmm. uh, my wife had to drive our kids to Macon twice. That was the, the closest place that we could find that would test asymptomatic uh, kids. Yeah. I know with the one that our staff member went to, you had to have a fever. Um, and if you had a fever and you showed up, they would go ahead and test you. Um, or a rapid test that is still the CDC um, and the FDA's guidelines. Only if you're symptomatic will they do a rapid test on you. That's still the recommendation. But sometimes you can find somebody to make an excuse if you know somebody or money talks. Sometimes they'll charge you more and you can, you can do that. Speak, right. Speaking of money talk and you'll get a kick out of this, Tim. And uh, so, you know, sometimes you ask what you can do to help me. This, this would be good. I called a, a, a nameless organization this morning because we would like to have someone on the tail end of this come in and kind of spray our house, kind of fog it, you know, if you will. Mm -hmm. And they were charging a dollar a square foot. So, uh, uh, we we won't be going that route. <laughs> yeah. Man, mm, wow! I just That's think I, I think I just found a side hustle. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna start a GoFundMe today and see if Jeremy yeah. can let me get it out a little bit. So. Now, hey, Jeremy, I know in in y'all's area, 
obviously there's been a lot in the news with the schools and all that kind of stuff, but how's that really affecting, you know, your church, your life? I know you got kids in school too, so. I do. I do. Well, again, Stephen, great to see you, man. We've been praying for you. I rejoice that you have been safe and well, and thanks for sharing your story. God bless you, Stephen. So Tim, Woodstock has been in the national news for about 10 days in a row. Our superintendent has made a bold and courageous decision to open up August 3rd is when the local schools here in Cherokee County returned. And I'll say this, the vast majority of the local community is strongly supporting the superintendent's decision. Very few locally that I've heard, and granted, I don't know everyone in Cherokee County, but I'm interacting with people on a daily basis. The vast majority of people have supported his decision to put kids back in school. They think that being out of school and being completely digital for any time longer than is necessary is counterproductive. So in terms of our local community, there's still a connection, there's still support, and there's still prayer. It's the national news that has come into town, again, in front of my own kids' school, in front of other schools in the community. I mean, people that we've never even heard of have come to Cherokee County to report on the news, which is so bizarre, but I guess that's the mainstream media. When they want to talk about something, they'll do whatever it takes to push a story to the front page news. So again, of the students that we know about, um, the families in our church that are connected with Woodstock High School and Etowah High School, they feel like the schools handled it well. When an elementary school has had a child test positive, they close that classroom. But when it's middle school or high school, as in the case of the last couple of days, because they're changing classes and they're all over the school, then they'll close the school for two weeks. So from what I've heard, Tim, none of the students or teachers that have tested positive are any type of grave danger at this point. And so again, I rejoice that God's mm. protecting us and provided safety. I'm not saying that it couldn't be serious, but I've not heard of anything that's catastrophic. And so I praise God for that. And personally, what it means to our church is that we're going to continue to do what we've been doing, which is be open and online and use common sense and pray and be safe and sanitize well and social distance and encourage mask when we're in tight quarters. Uh, we're really not doing anything different and we don't feel like we should do anything different. We feel like we should stay on track at this point. And, and to be clear, we knew this would happen. Who thought when 30,000 children in one community returned to school that this wasn't gonna happen? Well, of course yeah. it's gonna happen. But again, the number of kids that have tested positive at this point, when you consider how large the school system is, is still relatively small. That's not what you're going to read on CNN.com about Woodstock, Georgia, or Fox News, or any other major news publication. But in terms of the community, people are still coming to church. We've not had one person call this week, to my knowledge, and say, have you heard about the high schools? We better close the church. Not one person said that. In fact, more people have said, we're grateful that the church is open, but being serious in social distancing and sanitation while we're open. So nothing's come to a screeching halt yet. Again, Stephen, respectfully, it can happen to any of us, obviously, and you're living proof of that. So I'm not saying it couldn't change tomorrow, Tim, but yeah. we, we don't have any immediate plans to change. If anything, it does make us more cautious about when we'll open student ministry and Sunday school to the fullest degree. We've been yeah. doing some things outdoors. We've been doing some, but so, so we're, to be clear, we're not doing Sunday school and putting a bunch of kids in a room with no windows and no mask. And, you know, we're not playing dodgeball and sweating all over each other right now. 
and, and those days, God willing, will come back because who wouldn't love dodgeball at church, right, on a Wednesday <laughs> night? But they, they, they've not come yet. And so this does make us realize that it was right for us to not start back groups at this time. And, you know, here we are. Yeah. Uh, Tim, uh, we've got some breaking news. Uh, if you want me to hit that right now, I mean, I always wanted to say that on this webinar. never had the opportunity. Ah, okay. Uh, but we literally I, I, have some breaking news. Okay. So, um, uh, Senate bill, Georgia Senate bill, uh, three fifty nine passed. What that is, is it is a bill requiring that if a church posts a sign that says they're not liable, uh, if someone catches COVID that they are protected. Okay. So, um, I'll, I'll matter of fact, Brad Hughes, bless his heart. He was on here last week and, uh, he sent me the, the language. So this is the bill. Uh, Bill 359, you could probably just Google it and find it. But the specific lines are uh, lines, I think, 123 through 129. Uh, and it basically says an individual or enti entity of the premises um, has posted at a point of entry, if present to the premises, a sign in at least one inch aerial font, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that says the fol following warning. Under Georgia law, there's no liability for an injury or death of an individual entering these premises if such injury or death results from the inherent risk of contracting COVID-19. You're assuming the risk by entering these premises. So uh, it's gonna have to be at a point of entry as stated. Uh, you need to follow the guidelines in those lines and you are protected. So that is reason to rejoice. Yeah. I I would like to get, I know we were, um, Brad is uh, pointing that out. And obviously there's a lot more in that Senate bill. So like, we'll, we'll try to work on kind of clarifying that because yep. I'm not sure that if you don't have that posted and somebody gets it, that you're actually liable. I think even in that statement, you still have to be grossly negligent in mm -hmm. hosting. And it's not specifically for churches. That's just for businesses or entities, yeah. anywhere where people gather, I think, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and those, those are great efforts on the part of our state legislature though, to get oh, those protections, man. And so, yeah, obviously guys, you know, take advantage of that now that it's passed, you know, this is something you can handle this week and be ready for Sunday, just an extra measure to put in place. So yeah. Back to you. No, that's, that's good. Um, I think it's, um, um, that's one of the big questions for me is like, what, what exactly, is gross negligence and how do we handle that? Mike uh, Griffin just texted me and said, yeah, you're right. That's, it's gotta be gross negligence on your part. If that would, if there would be any kind of liability um, in a gathering. So um, most churches I know are being pretty reasonable and careful in how they're gathering, giving great instructions, which I applaud our pastors and I appreciate all you guys are doing to try to lead through this. It's just a very, very, very awkward time. Um, yeah. Kind of shifting gears a little bit and, and let's, one thing we just kind of keep, we'll keep updating that if we have any more. I know Mike's reaching out to Cody, I think, in the legal area of the governor's office. So we'll try to find out just to make sure um, what we need to do and how we need to do it so we can be clear on that. But um, Jeremy and um, Stephen, I really wanted to talk a minute to about one of the things I'm hearing from guys is, man, this whole season has just so unsettled your normal routines that it just guys just feel like they're totally out of balance most every day. And so 
how are you guys handling that? How are you dealing with that? And, 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 you know, having a settled sense of subtleness in your own soul in the middle of this. Jeremy, I'll go, I'll go first. <clears throat> you know, I think for me personally, you know, I think this is a time and, and I know Tim that you talk to a lot more guys than I talk to just because of the nature of what you're doing, mm -hmm. uh, which we're so grateful for. I think the the sense that I get from a lot of guys is just, you know, ministry is hard enough as it is shepherding, leading outside of a pandemic. It's, it's, it's tough. It's difficult. Um, but to be in a, in a sense where you don't feel like you can make the right decision is, is incredibly frustrating. And it makes what is already a lonely calling feel even more lonely. And so I think it's natural for us to kind of uh, not, you know, the, our propensity is not to move towards Jesus and to take steps towards Jesus. That's why it's so important that we lead ourselves in that process before we lead our family, our ministries, or anything else that God gives us to shepherd. Um, but I think for me is, is I'm having to be a lot more intentional in my time in prayer a lot more intentional in my time in the word, not sermon prep. We all know all of these cliche type things, but I, I, I fear that there are a lot of guys, people that serve in ministry uh, specifically that feel kind of helpless, feel almost kind of hopeless. Uh, and, um, and I think, I think we have to change the way that we're thinking through this, what we knew. And like Jeremy said, I, I hope we get to peg people with dodgeballs again on a Wednesday night too, but what we knew BC before COVID, it may never, ever look the same again. And I don't mean to be doomsday here, but it may, it may forever feel different. And so I think we're having, this is a great time. It's an uncomfortable time and a time of stretching where we're having to kind of reset and reset expectations for our churches, our own leadership, the way that we shepherd. Uh, it's, it's a difficult time because it feels like you're having to start all over. If you've ever maybe built something, a Lego with your kid, some kind of something you're following a plan and then somebody steps on it and it knocks off a wing of the plane or whatever. I, th I think churches are a lot like that right now where we're having to reset and uh, honestly, it's uncomfortable. You know, some things excite me because some things that some changes that we've wanted to lead through, but there's also a sense of uh, how do we wrap our minds around this that's going to lead us to the, the best possible scenario for, for success and ultimately doing what God's calling us to do. So when you think about that, even for, even for you, um, what have been the most helpful things for you to kind of settle your own soul in the midst of all of that uncertainty? And, um, you know, we all like to speak with confidence about the future and, sure. and have the answers and we don't right now. Uh, we know our hope is in Jesus, but what, what has been the most helpful things for you personally in the midst of this as you try to lead? As simple as it sounds, honestly, just talking to other pastors, just getting on the phone, staying in contact, 
staying in text conversations, talking with guys in our state, even in our community and out of our state that have no connection to anybody else I'm connected to. And to realize that we, you know, we keep hearing this thing. I went into Publix this morning and they were greeting shoppers and they said, remember, we're all in this together, which almost feels like an Orwell 1984 type thing. Mm -hmm. But all the pastors that I'm talking to, they're experiencing the exact same thing. And I think one of the key tactics that our enemy tries to do is he tries to make us feel like we're the last person on the survivor island. Like we are just isolated in our struggle and we're isolated in, in, in what, what's difficult for us, but it really is a universal or at least a national type feel as I'm talking to other leaders that they are walking the same paths. Their churches may be larger or smaller, but they're facing the same things that I am. Okay. That's good. Jeremy, what about you? Tim, I echo everything Stephen said. It's difficult for all of us. Everyone knows that. And so not to be spiritual, but I, I have been praying the Psalms maybe more as a habit, as a routine than ever. I'm praying in the mornings and praying in the evenings, just the Psalms. And it's been encouraging to realize how many times David and the Psalmist prayed, where are you, Lord? How much longer, Lord? How long will I be here, Lord? Does it not appear that my enemy is triumphing over me, Lord? And it just reminds me that the great men of God who came before us and women of God, they, they walked difficult times too, perhaps far different or more difficult than a pandemic. So I'll just tell you, I have a list this morning. I've got about 30 note cards that I've, I've like Isaiah 41, 13, for I'm the Lord, your God, who holds your right hand. I say to you, do not fear. I will help you. Matthew 6, 25, I tell you, don't worry about your life. What can worrying do but hurt your life? First um, Peter 5, 7, cast your cares on the Lord. Second Timothy 1, 7, God's not giving me a spirit of fear. Uh, Psalm 56, 3, when I'm afraid, I will trust in you. And this may sound silly, but I'm carrying these note cards around with me. I look at them in the mornings. I keep them in my office. Just 30 or 35 fresh verses of scripture that have reminded me. I got this idea several years ago from a guy named Paul Miller. The book's called A Praying Life. Yeah. I want a praying life. Spurgeon said that he can't remember a time in his ministry when he prayed for an hour, but nor could he remember a time when an hour went by that he didn't pray. It's a praying life. Okay, okay. I see yeah. you. I see you, Tim. So Miller sketches this out, how he has a card for his daughter card for his ministry, a card for his lost neighbor. And I've kind of tried to do that as well. I, I have note cards everywhere. Some people that are far more techie can do it in their phone. I can't, I'm not good at that. I'm very distracted by my phone already, but I have just tried and my wife's encouraged me with this. Um, I've just tried to saturate my life with scripture. What else can we do? Um, this Sunday I'm preaching this and man, I get emotional when I think about it. Um, in John 6, Jesus said, eat my flesh, drink my blood. This is salvation. And John 6, 60, they say, this is a hard teaching. Who can do this? And many departed from the Lord. And then in verse 66, some more stepped away. And Jesus turns to his disciples and says, do you guys want to leave too? And Peter goes, to whom else can we go? You have the words of life. And man, who else are we going to believe in right now, guys? Are we believing in the government? No. Are we believing in a party? No. Are we believing? Who, to whom else can we go? <laughs> he has the words of life. And so I'm trying to let the words of life carry my life right now. If I can't live this and be tested in this crucible, then what kind of leader am I? And I want to say this to every guy on this call. 
is hard right now. And that's why God's raised you up because it is hard because you are the one he wants to use. Whatever city you're in, whatever community you're serving, that's, that's the word I'm trying to press into. Who would want to follow Johnny Hunt? Who would want to follow Johnny Hunt in a pandemic? I don't want to be here in my flesh, but I'm here. And so, Lord, since you did this, what do you, what do you want to do? And you know, when I say that about Pastor Johnny, I mean it respectfully. Like following him would have been hard in a great economy, in a great following him in a pandemic has been hard to be clear. Um, here, here I am. <laughs> Help me, Lord. So if I can't press into my personal faith, I'm talking about Jeremy's faith as a man right mm -hmm. now. Forget ministry. If my own faith can't believe, then how can I lead? And so and then I'm trying to have conversations with my family. This morning, I took my little boy. He's 11. It'll be 12 on Monday to breakfast. And I just said, hey, bud, I've never had a 12-year-old before. How can I be a better dad to you? Um, and, and, and people in my church that have, I can feel, you know, they're nervous or they're unsettled. I just ask them, I say, Hey, what do you, what do you want in a pastor and pray? It'll be true of me. And I just, and they look at me kind of shocked. I'm asking people, I'm trying to ask questions. What, what would you do if you were me right now? It shows them, Hey, I don't know what I project. I know. And B, I, I need their prayers and I need their support. I, um, I'm, I'm texting people all the time saying, how can I serve you? Is there anything I can do for you? Would you please pray for me? I need it. And I, I don't know. The word and people have gotten me through. Sorry yeah, that was too long, but no, no, that's great. I, you know, and I think it's true. Um, I know, and I, I've kind of, um, in this whole season, tried to say, okay, I want to just saturate my life with God's word because I don't really know the best thing and I don't have the right answers. And it seems like the moment I kind of get a grip on what I think ought to do, whether it's to be a husband to my wife or a dad to my son or, or a grandfather or a leader in the church, the whole thing changes again. It's like, well, now I don't know, man. Now I'm not as sure as I, as I was. And, uh, and I'm with you. We just got to put our trust and our hope in the Lord and, um, and acknowledge think, yeah. for daily bread. This has been liberating for me personally. I've texted with some guys that are on this call regularly about this. I think that we should give ourselves freedom to only plan for a day or two or a week or two. You know, you don't know where we'll be September 1st, October 1st, November 1st. And so forget about that. Who cares right now? Just get this Sunday's word from the Lord. I, you know, I felt some measure of kind of low-grade guilt and anxiety about, I'm not preaching. I don't have a big nine-week series plan right now that's epic and cool. And <laughs> I don't. I don't. But I'm, I'm trying to be fresh for Sunday because... It's so everything changes. Every time I've, I've, if I've learned anything like you, Tim, if I make a plan, it changes within a week. So just mm -hmm. give the day to the Lord. Lord, give us our daily bread, not even weekly bread or monthly bread, <laughs> yeah. daily bread. So there's something to be said for that. Yeah, I, th I think, you know, for guys that fly by the seat of their pants, this is like your time to shine. Like this <laughs> is, you've never been in a greater sweet spot than right now. <laughs> Amen. Maybe. They're probably more comfortable than guys. Yeah. You know, I like having a plan. I like <laughs> getting ahead and, and having a routine and all those things. And man, none of that's happening. You know, none of that's happening at all. So it, you're probably right. A little more comfortable, but at the same time, you know, nobody's comfortable with uncertainty. And when you don't know the future, 
And you see, and it, one thing I'd, I'd say to guys too is, because in talking to pastors, sometimes you just get, you feel like, okay, I'm not doing anything right. I didn't do anything right at home. I get to church. I got one side of the church um, saying I need to do something different to one extreme and the other side saying you do something different to the other extreme. I'm, 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 I, I'm not getting anything right. And so you can get a little bit overwhelmed by that and thinking, man, I'm just not a good leader. But the bottom line is, um, you know, when I was growing up down in South Georgia, um, I, one of the expressions was, Lord only knows. Uh, yeah, they just throw that out there just all the time. Lord only knows. Lord only knows. I'm thinking, that's really the answer. The Lord only knows what's going to happen tomorrow. We're just going to try to do this. And hey, Jim, I think, number one, I think all stories that start off when when I was growing up in South Georgia, you know it's going to be good. <laughs> I think that this time also can be kind of paralyzing for some guys because I yeah. think a lot of leaders, and I don't mean this um, <laughs> disparaging to any of our people, but we all know that the squeaky wheels are the ones that, you know, get get the most press. You don't hear as many attaboys as you do, hey, what are you doing, boy? And so – I think if we're not careful, we will lead our church to the lowest common denominator and not be any stronger as gospel communities on the backside of this, praying that there will be a backside of this. And so I think what Jeremy said was spot on. And if you take anything away from this time this morning, it's exactly what he said, is that where else can we go? Jesus, you have the words of life. There's nowhere else to go. And so as leaders, as difficult as it may be, uh, this is where we kind of have to dig in and hold on to the, the train of his road, the, you know, the hem of his garment more now than ever, because if we're not careful, we will miss what God's trying to do in us and through us through this time as he continues to purify his bride. Amen to that. In fact, you know, this morning, um, I was reading Jeremiah 9 and got down to verse 23, and it says this, let not, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom, let not the mighty man boast in his might, let not the rich man boast in his riches. But then I love this part, but let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. I mean, that's, that's a good word for us, you know, um, just to delight in him, to know him, and then just be faithful and making him known in the middle of all of this craziness that's going you, you, on. You know, Tim, in, in Luke 10, in the Mary Martha story, he literally says about Mary, he said, only one thing is necessary. Hmm. Only one thing is necessary. And hmm. So if, if we've sat at his feet on a daily basis throughout this, this pandemic, we've really, we've done the one necessary thing. And then of course, everything flows out of that. Um, and then, so that becomes almost part of your routine as well. Just, one of, the, one of the things I've noticed in my life during stress is the more little routines I can maintain through my day, the more sense of control I have. And, and it just, you know, routines bring a sense of order and sanity. And then if you look at the most important things, which are, first of all, your time with Jesus, right? That is the one necessary thing. Uh, and then number two, that you're a physical being that, that God made you to move. And that you gotta you gotta schedule in that movement, right? Whether it's taking a walk or working out or something like that. And then of course you move on to your relationships, but but little subroutines that you can stick to on a maybe not a daily basis always. Some of them are just X number of times a week 
uh, often can carry uh, a lot of guys through. And some of the guys that have done better with the stress, I've noticed kind of have some of those things baked in. You know, the bottom line is, in all honesty, I mean, we belong to the Lord. We're his children. He's never absent. He's not bailed out, run away, given up on us. He, he, our lives still are in his hands. I told a little story a couple of Sundays ago. When I was a kid, went to a family reunion at Jay Bird Springs. Anybody been there um, down in South Georgia? Had a little high dive platform. Went to the family reunion. All the cousins are there. I was one of the younger ones. They're all jumping off that high dive. I climb up there, get scared to death. I'm holding on to the rail, thinking, I, I, this is a million miles into the sky. My dad, being perceptive, knew I'd never done anything like that. While I'm standing up there scared to death, wanting to climb back down the ladder in embarrassment, I look down in the water, and my dad's in the water. And he says, come on, I got you. And I jump off. Just him being with me reminded me everything's going to be all right. And I think at the end of the day, we just need to know God is with us. He is our God. He's not giving up. He's not walked away. He's, he's there for us. And so we can trust him. And I think that being in this word, like Jeremy said, and I think it's a great idea. Man, have cards all over your house, wherever you can stick them, just to remind you to focus on God's word. Because we're hearing so many voices today. That's right. That's exactly right. They're just all shouting at us, and, and they're not good messages. They're unsettling messages, and I think that's probably what the world's meant to do is to unsettle us, but God's word settles our souls, and so I think it's a good practice, and, and even in our preaching and teaching on Sundays, just taking people back to God's word and the truths of God's word is so powerful for us and, and helpful for us. Um, okay, I want to jump back to something because I, I want to make sure I didn't misstate something that you don't need. I'm not saying you don't need to uh, paste this, the, um, the sign. Mike Griffin just sent me a text. Um, and I don't know if I really understand it, Mike, um, what you said, but um, if we can post that little statement, I guess that's in that bill yeah. somehow. I, what I was, I was wondering, you know, if you, if you stick it on the, on the door going in the church and the wind blows it off and somebody walks in and then they come back and say, I got COVID. Are you, you know, are you liable? That's, that was kind of my. Yeah. And we'll follow up in the email from this webinar when we send the replay link, Mike, uh, you're watching. So if you could write up maybe a little blurb that I could put in that email about where to look, we've already posted a link in the chat box to the PDF online of the bill itself. So that's okay. there. It's lines 123 to 129 or something like that. But Mike, if you want to write up something, we'll send it out. So we'll follow up with you guys here over the weekend. Yeah. I don't want to make it too complicated. We just want to make sure we're doing what's right, obviously, and, and helpful to everyone. Um, so um, I think the good news from today is that we've seen churches, Stephen being an example of that, he himself as the lead pastor, um, getting COVID and then having to shut down for a week then reopen with somebody else preaching. And now this week he's going to preach in the churches, making the adjustments and seem to be coming through it. Obviously their attendance has been affected, but at the same time, there, there's hope on the other side. And, uh, and so that, that is encouraging um, and very, very thankful for that. Um, you know, as we continue to walk through this ever changing world, I'm sure, there's a ton of questions that the guys have, and we want to make sure that we're trying to help answer those and provide answers for them. I just want to 
remind everybody that's on this panel, if you've got a question related to walking through this season of time and leading your church or even in your personal life, just remember my, my number is 678-618-0055. And I, I welcome you to text me and say, hey, here's something that I'm struggling with so that we can address the issues that you guys really are facing. And you, you probably something going on in your life, it may be going to somebody else as well that we need to address and, and deal with. And we want to, want to give us that number again, Tim, real quick. I'll type it in. Okay. 678-618-0055. Okay. All right, guys. Now I do want to mm -hmm. jump to Tanea for a second. Tanea, is there anything else medically that we need to know at this point that we've learned through this um, that would be helpful for our pastors to, to know? Well, I think that Scott kind of made mention to it right there um, a little earlier, just in this season, and, and really to be a good steward of us being a tripart being, right? We're body, we're mind, we're soul. You got to spend time in all of those areas. So whatever you naturally and normally do in your patterns of life to boost your immune, immune system, do those now. This is the time to be doing those. Um, and if you've never done anything to boost your immune system, maybe you want to look into doing that and supporting yourself well. Basic things, good sleep, um, good diet, some exercise, not endorsing any one product, but some supplements and vitamins specifically, and a probiotic would be wonderful um, for, for everybody at this time. And hydrate. We know that the virus can live um, on your tonsils or in your throat for up to 72 hours before it infiltrates into your lungs. So if you hydrate, 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 like a, like your molars are floating, hydrate. That kind of hydration is really important during this season. I'm also suggesting that people gargle with warm salt water in the morning and at night, creates a more alkaline environment in your throat and the virus can't take hold there. So will it stop it? Maybe not. Is it something your grandmother told you to do? Probably so, but it can't hurt. So I'm just encouraging all those natural things as best you can. Okay, thank you so much. All right, guys, y'all got anything to add? Anything else? Stephen, we are so thankful that God's brought you through this, and we're, we're, we'll continue to pray for your family as y'all continue to walk through this in your church. But I'm grateful for your leadership there, but also just sharing that experience with our pastors around the state too. And Jeremy, I'm thankful for you guys being faithful at Woodstock through all this. I mean, um, it, it is a challenging time, and with schools reopening and y'all kind of being the – the focal point on the news even leading well through this is, is uh, I know it's tough and, but I, I really appreciate your faithfulness to the Lord and, and to his church. And um, y'all been so helpful on these. I think what we're going to do is we're probably just going to do this like once a month from here forward, like the first try to maybe we'll first or second Wednesday of the, or Thursday of the month, we'll jump in, have an update where we're at. And if something happens that kind of shakes everything again, that following Thursday, we'll try to regather everybody to say, okay, okay, now here's what we're thinking now. Here's what we need to maybe think about or how we might need to approach this as we move forward. So um, just to let y'all know that as well. All righty, I don't know where Scott went. He, oh, there he is. My gosh, okay. home delivery and I'm the only guy here, so that happens. Oh, okay. Living life. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, no, that's it. I'll post the replay, guys. Um, and we'll have that really soon. So thanks, guys, for a great call today. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. God bless you.